Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, it's a mailbag edition of the show where we will be answering your questions. As always, the Sense Central Citizens gave us lots of great questions to get into, line combos, goal questions, and a whole lot more. Plus, we've had a few questions about the wedding weekend that was. We'll have a recap of that at the end of today's show. That's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your, your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stutzler, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 856 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar back in the Blue Mountains. Reminder, you can like and subscribe wherever you download your podcast. We're also free and available on YouTube. Today is Tuesday, August 15th. And Pillsy, the citizens came through. We have plenty, a wide variety of topics to get into today. Yeah, I mean, that's always the best. Uh, usually when we do a mail de- mailbag episode, we're like, oh, we haven't done one of these in a while. Let's see how it goes. And every time we're pleasantly surprised. Like, Ross, you texted me within minutes. Like, already got some great, great questions here. So I'm excited to get into these. And if you uh, think our voices don't sound perfect, we'll let you know why at the end <laughs> of today's show. But uh, great weekend, Pillsy. Loved having you in town. And um, yeah, middle of August, you don't expect there to be a whole lot of engagement online with the with the social media with with the sends questions but there are so many question marks remaining and i think that's a great place to start in the mailbag multiple people including huge underscore sends fan you know they're dialed in in the offseason asking what's taking so long for the shane pinto contract would you like to point people to last week's episode or what yeah, yeah, definitely check out uh, last week's episode. We went into this in depth, but uh, I I think there are some things that uh, may be slowing down this process. What they are and when they'll be sorted out remains to be seen. I, I don't have any insider information or anything like that, but you would think if there wasn't any obstacles or impending news on the way that Dorian would have this figured out by now. Um, I I think, Ross, we talked about this. I mentioned that I thought Shane Pinto was going to be the first RFA that was going to be dealt with, whether it was signed, traded, extended, or what have you. And uh, here we are. He's Him and Igor uh, are the last men standing as RFAs on this squad. One thing I, I, I think we failed to mention last week was just the fact that they aren't alone right now. Yeah. There are guys across the league who are still free agents. Alexi Lafreniere doesn't have a contract right now. Trevor Zegras doesn't have a contract right now. There's plenty others around the league who are in the same. uh, Actually, Anaheim has two because Jamie Drysdale's without a contract as well. So there's there's still um, you know a semblance of off season business to be taken care of. It's not like it's 
October 15th. The season's underway. We've just had the best Saturday of Pilsy's life at the home opener Saturday afternoon, dare I say. And um, if that's the case, we'll certainly have different opinions on Shane Pinto's situation. But right now, I think patience is super important. And I think there's going to have to be a bit of patience for some people in the mailbag because we're just going to scroll through it. We didn't handpick or anything. We'll read off each question here if you're watching on YouTube. Of course, our guy, Kevin, yes. first up. Kevin Hamina is first up. If you were any of the GMs during the entire history of the Senators, what signing or trade would you want a redo? He specifically mentions Derek Stepan's trade for a second-round pick. I mean, for me, the obvious one, and hindsight's 2020, of course, with this, uh, with this one, but... I was on board with it at the time, or sorry, I was on the same take I have now at the time, but choosing Wade Redden over Zidane Chara when you could only keep one uh, in a salary cap world, that one obviously uh, didn't quite turn out the way that the Sens would have liked. Redden didn't even make it through the next contract really yeah. before it was uh, uh, one of the worst deals in the league, and then Zidane Chara is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's not where I thought you were going to go, but that is a good one. Cause look, yeah, I'll, I'll echo kind of your statements. Like when it happened at the time, I thought it was the right move. And I want to preface this. I, I think I said it pretty poorly there. Oh, okay. You had to keep Zidane Ochara. They don't make six foot nine defensemen with reach and skill and ability to carry the puck the way they do with him. Okay. So never mind. Scratch that from the record. Uh, Ross did not say that. Um, but at the time I thought that was the right decision. Look, if they could have kept both of them, I would have wanted to keep both of them. But I think people forget at that time, Wade Redden was, he was a really good defenseman at that time. And he was putting up points. His plus minus numbers are absolutely insane. Like, I I think it sucked to see Chara go, but I felt like Redden was going to be a guy here for a long time. At the time is what I'm saying. Obviously now I would I would redo that, but... Yeah, that was a tough one. I my answer for Kevin's question here would be the Mika's advantage ad trade. I mean, <laughs> imagine if all these years of Mika's advantage ads prime, he was in Ottawa. How different things would look. How things would be now. Oh my god! And look again. That's not to say I don't like brass. Or at the time, I thought it would. I didn't love it at the time, but I we knew why the Sens did it. Uh, all you had to do, Ross, and we mentioned this a lot in our Making Sense of the Sense days, follow the money. And the money was clear why they decided to do this. They knew Mika Zibanejad was going to get a massive pay bump, and they weren't in a position to, to be doing that at that time. Yes. Horrible in retrospect. Yeah, horrible, terrible. <laughs> horrible, awful, terrible. And Mika Zibanejad still one of the top, what, 15, 20 centermen in the National Hockey League. Although, yeah. doing a bit of research when I was hosting the Locked On NHL, the, the weekly show, like a lot of his production comes on the power play. But still, didn't look good. However, I think some Sens fans, at least in the short term, were able to spin zone it or compartmentalize it. Yes. Then beat Mika Zibanejad in the next year in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Brass was a huge part of that playoff run. I think he had 11 points in 17 games. Yep, and absolutely. Some very clutch moments. Uh, some memorable ones too, obviously. Remember Eric Carlson yelling at him yep. on the bench and then they they combined for, for one of the, the most important goals there during that comeback in game two. Otherwise, they're going down 2-0 in that series and, and history is obviously rewritten in that point. Phil Lallier, P-Lal. Uh, if you guys were in any position in an NHL front office, what would it be and why? Pilsy, I think uh, we could be pretty good broadcasters for an NHL team. 
Absolutely, but he's saying front office, so that uh, that wouldn't be a part of that. My my answer would be, I think I would love to be an assistant general manager. Like uh, what Ryan Bonus does. Like um, again, I don't know all of his roles, but my understanding is he's essentially the Belleville Senators general manager and assists as an assistant general manager would uh, Pierre Dorian in a lot of the NHL stuff as well. But I think it would be cool to be like, okay, I've got to figure out a way to, cause this is what I always talk about. And I always try to emphasize is the AHL and more specifically the Belleville centers is not just a place to just put all your draft picks. Like it's not just a placeholder for draft picks. There's so much more that people don't understand about AHL hockey. You need veterans. You need ways to sell tickets. You need to engage the the Bay of Quinty area in this team. You need to uh, be a part of the community, all these kinds of things. And I think I would love to be involved in that because uh, being uh, the general manager of a team is a lot of pressure and uh, I can't handle that. So assistant general manager would be my answer. I'll go with goalie coach then. Are we doing nice. coaching as part of the front office as well? Or if not, yeah. Sure. Okay. I'm going to go with, with goalie coach then. Speaking of front office, hey, the X algorithm nailed this one, one after the other here, because our guy Tim Whalen asked, yeah. what do you think Alfie's title will be when he is brought back to the organization? And I think Tim is referencing Bruce Garriock's article from over the weekend that Michael Anlauer is set to take over the team in late August, early September. Yeah. But Ann Lauer hasn't had anything to do with any of the decisions up to this point. Let's be clear. Timeline subject to change as well, which has been prominent throughout this entire process. But he does have a line saying player development is something that Alfredson is interested in. Heck, whatever title he wants, give it to him. We were joking <laughs> over the weekend. This guy could be the mayor of Ottawa if he put his name in the ring. There's no doubt that wherever he is brought in to help, He's going to make the most of it. And it sounds like behind the scenes, even last year, he was kind of skating with some of the injured guys and helping them out in their road to recovery. So if he wants to be in player development, a similar role that Sean Donovan, Jesse Winchester have, that would be great. If he wants to be a player, director of play, any role that he's in. But I think he'll probably start in that, that Sean Donovan, Jesse Winchester type role. You'll see him skating more and more with the uh, healthy scratches or or with the guys who are up-and-coming prospects. I don't think he's going to travel much in whatever role he wants. I think he's very happy just being the pickleball king and the, uh, the ace, maybe one of the best handicaps at the Royal Ottawa Golf Course. I think that he's pretty set up here in the nation's capital. So I think it'll be a local role, not one where he's, you know, traveling around, meeting with prospects and, you know, checking in on them all across the country. Yeah, the correct answer to this, Tim, is whatever the heck Daniel Alfredson wants his title to be. Like, honestly, just open the door and give him an Ottawa Senators polo and whatever you want to do, we'll have you. <laughs> Love it. Hannah's asking, have you watched Hockey Land? I haven't. I'm not familiar with this. Billsy, how about you? I, I haven't heard of it. I'm not sure what this is. So if you could clue us in, I mean, Hockey Land, that sounds pretty cool to me. I'm down. Yeah, well, Hannah's actually uh, from in, living in Japan right now, too. So Future Sense Central Citizen will have to ask her uh, nice. about what she thinks about that. Carter Cannon asks, now that Bergeron and David Krejci are retired, David Krejci retiring over the weekend, do you think Boston falls and Ottawa steals their playoff position? I think that's obviously the hot take or, or hot topic, that they're the team that could fall out. But Pilsy, we tried falling for this last year. It didn't work. I don't love their offseason moves, even without taking into account retiring players who still are perennial 
great players in the league. Like I don't like how they, they exchange basically Taylor Hall for Milan Lucic on the, on their depth chart. But then I have to pinch myself and say, Hey, they still have a 60 goal goal scorer. Yes. David Pasternak. They still have a top NHL defenseman in Charlie McAvoy. Hampus Lindholm is a perfect partner. Your guy. Yeah. They've got the reigning Vesna trophy winner in goal. Like it's not like they're going to be going for the first overall pick. This is still a competitive team, but I do think that, with a new era, sometimes there are also things that maybe off ice are going to be different without the consistency of having Patrice Bergeron around. That era is certainly over. They also, so reigning Vesna winner, reigning coach of the year. Like they're not, I don't think they're going to be going away, but certainly it's a team that you have, you have to think takes a step back from being a historically good team. I, I honestly think the Boston Bruins had the worst off season of any team in the NHL. Like when you look at the players they lost and you reference the Taylor Hall thing, Ross, my understanding is they did that to make room to be able to pay Bertuzzi. And and he's gone. He is in Toronto. But you're asking if they'll if the Sens will steal Boston's spot. Uh, the Boston Bruins won the President's Trophy and had arguably the greatest regular season we've ever seen. So no, I don't think Ottawa will do that. Quick follow-up question. Out of the three teams in the top of the Atlantic, let's make it four because Florida made the playoffs as well. Who's most? Who are you looking at then if it's not Boston, Tampa, Toronto, or Florida as the team that's going to fall out of the playoffs? Florida. I mean, it's that's tough to say. They've made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final. They were the longest standing team in the East, so it sounds crazy, but I, I think Florida's getting bumped here. Have you ever heard of a team, though, that kind of unexpectedly made it really far in the playoffs and then fell apart the next season? (laughs) I can think of a time that's happened, yes. Okay, we'll get back to the mailbag more coming up. But first, got to tell you about what makes Locked On Senators possible. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. You guys already know they are the trusted online sportsbook of the Lock On Podcast Network. They are North America's number one sportsbook. Not a big deal and for good reasons. Their app is my favorite. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no waiting around. There's no refreshing. There's no reloading. Those green numbers are in your account. Uh, honestly, as soon as possible. And that's why I love FanDuel. And if you're new to sports betting or FanDuel, you can take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to 200 bucks. So just a $20 bet and you got $200 in your account in bonus bets. Whether that bet wins or lose, that is uh, a great way to get started with FanDuel. And there's no better place to bet on MLB to get your NHL future bets in, your NFL future bets in, your NBA, whatever you want to put some action on in the sports world, you can find it at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Today's episode is also brought to you by Farm to Fork. Farm to Fork is a premium meat and seafood delivery service. They will bring it right to your door and stock that freezer full of food without hormones, without antibiotics, ethically raised, and they're individually vacuum sealed. You know how sometimes you get those great discount deals and you're like, oh, this is amazing. I have all this meat. 
but then it spoils because they're all clumped together and you have to like smash it against your countertop just to get them broken apart. Not at Farm to Fork. Farm to Fork will make sure that each one is individually vacuum seals. You pull out just what you need and you go to farm2forkdelivery.ca. That's farm2fork, the number two, farm2forkdelivery.ca and use promo code SENDS10 to get 10% off your first order. When you go to the website, you'll see great bundles as well. The grass-fed bundle, 10 steaks, 10 beef burgers, 10 pounds of ground beef, and it is all at an affordable price. So check it out, the barbecue bundle. It's barbecue season. Be a hero of the barbecue. Invite your friends over and impress them with farm to fork. When I say you won't go back to grocery store meats, I mean it. I promise. Now go to farmtoforkdelivery.ca. Find them on social media. It's a Sens fan who runs the show, and that means that you're supporting local when you support Farm to Fork. No matter where you are in Ontario, Western Quebec, put in your postal code, and they will make sure that they will get Farm to Fork to you. Taste the Farm to Fork difference. You will never go back to grocery store meats. doesn't this remind you of the postcast season it does a little bit and uh we got a chance to hang out with martian at uh your wedding and that just got us itching for postcast to come back so since hockey can't come back soon enough and shout out martian like obviously we've been like best friends for what almost a decade now it's crazy to say that college of sports media experience started almost 10 years ago yeah. for the Martian to make the trip out to Winnipeg for the wedding. I, I really appreciate that about him. We're fired up for postcast season to come back before we get to the mailbag. We also want to give a shout out this weekend. The battle against ALS continued. Obviously senators associate coach Bob Jones was diagnosed with the un unforgiving illness i'll say um in last december we discussed it on the show throughout the year the senators had that unreal moment after a win soon after the diagnosis where he was giving the goggles right after the win that was such a a touching moment with josh norris and uh, brady kachuk both of those guys attended the celebration or a fundraiser we'll say because not a celebration you obviously want bob jones to nothing but the best we hope that they do find a cure for als sooner rather than later but what a turnout all of these professional guys going and and showing their support in windsor playing a little uh, a game and they sold out 6100 seats to this game it just shows you how well respected bob jones is mike babcock peter DeBoer, all these great nhl coaches all these players from Bob Jones when he coached in Windsor, like Adam Henrique was there. You had him uh, when he was coaching as an assistant in the National Hockey League. All of the the wide variety of players that showed up for this event, I think it just shows just how tight-knit the community is and how well-liked Bob Jones is as a person. Yeah, and I think DJ Smith, I really liked what he had to say on uh, TSN 1200's interview because he kind of framed it as, you know, this isn't, Obviously, it's about Bob Jones, but they wanted to make it more about just him, the individual. They wanted to really focus on the fact that there needs to be more awareness about this as a whole. And it was about kind of a, a community rather than than just Bob Jones alone. So I thought it was a really good thing that they did. And anytime you can combine hockey and charity and, and awareness uh, all together, it ends up being a success usually. So I'm really glad they were able to do that. Well said, Pilsy. Okay, with that, let's get back to 
the mailbag question as I pull it up here on YouTube. I was putting a little bit of suspense. I was really just trying. And, hey, this is like our rundown now. So I'm going to have the the three next questions so people can get fired up. Oh, what's coming up? Uh, Hot Pierre Summer. We did already discuss the Shane Pinto contract, though. So Steve at Gamble in Ottawa. On paper, our B-Sends look awesome. Solid depth at forward, solid D, especially if Clevin stays down. Amazing goaltending. Agree or disagree, Pilsy? Ross, I... Are you going to give him a Calder Cup for the fourth? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I feel like every single offseason, my big note or my big hot take is this Belleville Senators team has never been better. Look at all this depth. Look at all these prospects. And I'll do it again. This is the best Belleville Senators team we've ever seen on paper. They have so much depth, uh, especially on forward, like Steve is saying here. The goaltending is going to be awesome with Mads, Mando, and uh, Levy all together. That's a great trio. Wow. And I, I'm not going to say Calder Cup run like I did last year and they didn't make the playoffs. But I will say, yes, I agree that the B-Sens look awesome, Steve. And- and we're huge Dave Bell guys now, too. Yeah, you can't spell Belleville without Bell. Okay. Gab LaFrance asks, uh, does Sanderson deserve more than Shabbat on an eight-year deal? I think my immediate knee-jerk reaction is, well, yeah, he's unreal at both ends of the ice. Of mm-hmm. course, pay this guy a blank check. But that's why uh, Pilsy and I would be assistant GMs or coaches. <laughs> um, I think it's, it's all dependent. And maybe, maybe. They're able to do what they did with Tim Stutzland right before the season, hammer out a contract extension. But I also wouldn't mind the thought process behind letting him play more than 82 games to see what kind of contract he's going to get next. Again, we know Ottawa has a lot of dead money coming off the books, over $5 million after next season. I just think that, yes, if you can get him at like a... Okay. If you can get Jake Sanderson at under $7 million on an AAV... Before the season, you sign it. If not, I don't think that he's not going to put up 90 points, right? It's not like Tim Stutzel where the offensive numbers we kind of knew were going to explode. I think that the way Sanderson plays, those are typically guys who don't break the bank. Like, yeah, they'll make 6, 6, 5. I think Hampus Lindholm signed for 6.5. I think if you can get him under 7 now, sure. If not, like, how how high can it realistically go? Because I don't know if if he's going to put up the offensive numbers that Shabbat did going into that contract year. And it was a different time. Ottawa just had to convince someone, anyone to stay and be a pillar on, on the back end at that point. So I, on an eight-year deal, I think value-wise, I think he could get there. But I think just based on the landscape, I don't know if he's going to break the bank like that. Here's how I'll answer this question. Does Sanderson deserve more than Shabbat on an eight-year deal? Yes. Do I think Sanderson and his agent and his camp will agree to an eight-year deal? No. I think we're going to see a lot of players, especially young, top talent players, high draft picks, will not be signing eight-year deals, eight or seven or even six-year deals, Ross, because you're they'll be signing these deals at a point where the cap is 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 quite low and isn't isn't exponentially going up. I think you're going to see a lot of players that are in positions like Jake Sanderson and their agents advising them, hey, sign a deal that you like that'll get you to UFA. And at that point, the cap is going to be much higher and you're going to be making big bucks. Like, I think that's why we love the Tim Stutzler contract so much, because that contract looks good now. 
and wait till the cap goes up big time after it recovers from COVID, new TV deal and stuff. That deal is going to look incredible. And we need to start focusing on percentage of the cap rather than AAV, because I think that's where things are going to change. So I think if Sanderson did sign an eight-year deal, he would command more than Shabbat, but I don't think he's going to be doing that. Dan asks at DanOns27, sends jerseys over the year, and this is a little plug to go back and watch our Ring of Honor last week where we drafted the best sends jerseys. Wear one, burn one, and sleep in one. Go. All right, uh, wear one. Today's black home jersey. I, I love wearing it. It's just so smooth. Uh, it it looks good in any situation with any combination of outfits. It's just absolute perfection. Uh, burn that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Burn one. Um, the red, the red uh, Senegoth one. I I hate that design. I. It's not for me. Yeah, that one. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Get some uh, gasoline and a lighter, Ross, and get that uh, fire going, and we'll have some marshmallows later. And then sleep in one. I'll go with the black. Uh, the black O. I'll sleep in. And you guys might be saying, "Wait, Pilsy, you didn't pick your gold Senegoth one at all." The only reason I wouldn't wear that one all the time and sleep in that one is the gold laurels on that are like rough. And uh, that's not always the most comfortable thing. So that's where I'll leave that one out. I love it. I'll leave it at that because we do have a lot more to get to here. Before, though, Pilsy, we do have to hit one more break. We'll get to that. And then all sorts of questions. I feel like we're going long on today's Locked On Senators. We haven't recorded in five days. The boys are fired up. So mailbag next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by Shawarma Palace. Do you have a big night out? Are you hungry at the end of it? Well, there's no better way to stop on the way home than at Shawarma Palace. They have seven locations. You're never too far away from a Shawarma Palace. And with that said, you want them to meet you at home. Last time Pilsy and I were in Ottawa, we put on the ultimate race to home. You leave the bar, you put in the order on Uber Eats exclusively for Shawarma Palace, and you see who can get home first. Is there Shawarma Palace waiting at your door, or do you have time to take your shoes off, turn around, and then grab your Shawarma Palace? Shawarma Palace is the exclusive Shawarma of the Locked On Senators podcast. They're huge Sens fans as well, so go visit them at any of their seven locations. There's a reason why they're the number one Shawarma place in Ottawa, the Shawarma capital of the world, since 19. 19- 97. So go eat one today. Eat like a royal. Eat at Shawarma Palace. All right, Pills. I'm feeling this tune today. I really am. So we're going to roll with it throughout the rest Great of tune. the show. All right, as we get back to our mailbag, some great questions still to come on today's edition. Always appreciate all the love on Twitter at Send Central. You can also follow the show Locked On. Senators, please vote on the Ring of Honor. We dropped it yesterday. I actually dropped it at 6 p.m. on the wedding night. Thought that would be a nice little homage to the fact that we are your team every day here on Locked On Senators. Uh, Half wedding question. If you could have any hockey player at your wedding, how many times would Brady Kachuk sing Mr. Brightside? Pilsy, I don't know if you know this. I had the option. I was I was run up to, and this is the end of the night, probably the third drunkest person in the room. Okay. And uh, 
I'm told they have one song left. It's either Mr. Brightside or Dynamite by Tao Cruz. And I went with Dynamite. I don't know why. It was just heat of the moment. I went with it. But if Brady was there, I think we would have gone with Mr. Brightside. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're talking current player, Brady Kachuk is definitely the answer. Um, if we can go farther than that, I feel like uh, Jeremy Roenick would be a great guy to have at a wedding. That guy seems to be the life of a party type guy, and he would have stories for days. So I'll go, I'll go with uh, JR for my answer. Okay, I like it. I like it. Let's keep rolling. That was, by the way, sensual healing. Our sensual guy, healing. Sean Foisey. Where are you sitting for the home opener? I've actually got a call later today with our ticket rep, so stay tuned for more information on the home opener October 14th afternoon game against Philadelphia. We know Claude Giroux will be honored for his 1,000th point. I wonder who could have called that in his first year with Ottawa, and we're really excited to get to Ottawa for that. Always a great time. I'm going to have our shawarma palace. I'm going to have a farm-to-fork delivery waiting for me at my parents' place as well, so we cannot wait to get home for that. More information coming soon. Tickets, our single-game tickets are coming out later this week. We will beat them to it, we promise you, so stay tuned on Twitter at Send Central for that. But Pilsy, it's got to be 320-319, right? That's our that's our spot. Like I obviously I loved Club Bell. Uh, famously, I wore my Club Bell wristband for the next four days after. It was a great time, and I loved it. But as far as spots in the arena go, that's our that's our home. We're we're the people's pod. So yes, that's the correct answer. At Dude Sends, great handle. What does the Dude. top nine look like on opening night? Does someone from Belleville make the roster at a training camp? Who finishes the year as a solidified sixth defenseman, JBD or Clevin? What changes or renovations will Ann Lauer bring to the CTC? Do you think the Sens will Sens this year? Well, and the last question oh. is, heck yeah. Yeah. I think we could basically do an episode on each one of these questions. Quick, yeah. quick hitters, though. I think JBD's solidified sixth defenseman this mm-hmm. year. I think that the new ring around the CTC will look fantastic, bring some brightness into it. I still hope that the hot water is missing in action and the washrooms at the CTC and top nine, just because we heard DJ Smith say that both Claude Giroux and Drake Batherson have offered to play left wing. I think the third line is going to be Kubalik and Pinto and insert your third guy there. Is it Ridley Gregg? Is it Igor Sokolov? Is it going to be, you know, anybody else that's in that realm of the Yarventis of the world who can step up and take those positions? They got to earn it in training camp. But I think Kubalik and Pinto, I'm putting in pretty, pretty thick pen ink that they're going to be on the third line. Yeah, I'm with you there. The only uh, addition I will make is look out for Boko uh, on that fourth line in the NHL. Yes, top look nine, top nine. So Matthew Joseph would be the other name. Oh, yes, sorry. Yes, that yes. he's not the cap casualty. Like, would you be confident? I'll I'll leave it at this with Frank's question because I appreciate all the questions, but we'll get to the uh, the other ones here. Uh, does someone from Belleville make it? That could be like which player can make the jump into the NHL. That's a full episode. But yeah. Pilsy, question is: Are you confident if the third line on opening night is Kubalik, Pinto, and Joseph? Yes, me too. Yep. I am as well. Vic Gill, recent Send Central yeah. top free agent to target next year. I think it's almost too early to look at that because guys resigned. We just saw Tom Wilson sign a big ticket. I think we got to hold off on that one, Vic. Let's get fired up for this year before looking Agreed. at next. You know what? Top free agent is RFA Jake Sanderson. Boom. Nice. Love it. 
James at Positive Sense Fan. Who are you taking to score the first goal of the season? That will be at Carolina on October 11th. This is, oh, yeah, crap. I was about to say this is such an easy answer, but I was thinking the home opener is the first game. Oh, that changes everything. Um, you know what? I'll go with Chris Tierney. Oh, wait, no. Um, <laughs> Chris Tierney always scored at the home opener, it felt like. Or Scott Saverin, remember the game in Toronto? He led the league in scoring. True, true. Uh, I'll go with Brady Kachuk. I mean, the captain, open up the season. Let's get that going. I'm going to get some good vibes going. Josh Norris. Ooh, I like it. I like Josh it. Josh Norris. Uh, send Sicko ass. How was the wedding? We'll get to that at the very end yes. of the show. And as the team sits now, is it a playoff team? I think they're a bubble team right now. I'm not willing to make any um, Pierre Dorian S statements that this is a playoff team right now. I think he has to for his job security. But me, he hasn't yet, though. He hasn't. Who would win in a fight? Call me Brand 3231. 20 teenagers with baseball bats versus one Brady Kachuk. I'm going to change that to Brady Kachuk. <laughs> uh, Brady Kachuk. I'm going to take Brady as well. That yeah. underscore Sens fan, favorite restaurant in Ottawa other than Shawarma Palace. We know that's number one. And then he follows up and says, we can't say Gleep Central Pub either. I'm going to say Gleep Central Pub. But Pilsy, who do, you, who do you want to shout out? We had a great dinner in Ottawa. I think you might go with that. Or you can go elsewhere as well. Yeah, so you say Gleep Central Pub. I'm going to go with Shawarma Palace. Okay. <laughs> if, let's give him a real answer, though. The whale's bone was unreal when we went there. A little free plug for the whale's bone. Yep, yeah, definitely like that place. And I always forget the name of this place, but uh, the the fancy restaurant where Brady took over the bar that one night. We had a couple dinners there. What's that one called? No, where he took over the bar. You're thinking the Heart and Crown? That's more of a pub. No, 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 not that one. Hmm. Oh, Matty. Okay, yes, Matty. Yes, that was a great yeah. one too. Yeah, okay, cool. A little shout-out for some good Ottawa local restaurants as well. But uh, you can always find Pillsy Night Shore Palace and the mm-hmm. Leap Central Pub in the city of Ottawa. Uh, Spader asked a question we basically just got yeah, into. We went over that one. Look? That's great. How many goals? This is at Kachuk Norris 21. Does a healthy Josh Norris score this season? I'm going to put the over under at 29.5. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go 33. Okay. I'm going to say 30 right on the dot. Okay. At Hasek's adductor. I, cr- I cringe when I hear about that muscle now based mm. on the old Olympics that year in 2006 in Torino. Which senator is the first to hit 10 goals this season? I almost want to say Kubalik because last year he that scored was my answer. He scored half his goals in the yep. first month of the season, but I'm going to go with Timmy Superstar. I just think he comes out gun swinging. He's going to get his first paycheck that's off his entry level <laughs> deal and say, oh, 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 I better start kicking it up even another notch. I'm taking Tim Stutzla to be the first senator to hit 10 goals this season. Okay, Kubalik is mine. Uh, all season long, we talked about no bottom six scoring, no bottom six scoring, and Kubalik started off hot last year. So once again, he'll do that. Okay, very good. Joseph David at JD underscore Hockey Talks asks, would you rather see Stutzla, Kachuk, and Giroux stay together or move one of them to the second line? And... I've loosened my thought process on this, Pilsy, before I said, they're so good together. I actually, I should tweet it out maybe next weekend. I put together a clip list of all of their best plays together last season. It's magic. It really is. But coupled with more depth, Tarasenko being kind of a great fit on that line as well, and 
Josh Norris, I don't know how confident I am in him taking a 1,000 face-offs next year. I think Giroux putting him with Norris could really help out, balance the lines, have Batherson out there as well. So I'm kind of of the mind where it should be Norris, Giroux, Batherson now as the second line. You have the connection from Belleville with Norris and Batherson. And then just to get that face-off, we know Brady can take draws for Timmy as well. So I think that that would be kind of how, and I think you, you've been on record as saying that's kind of where you're at as well. Yep, exactly. Agreed. Okay, great. Appreciate the question there. Joseph, Chris, assuming you need to attach a third or a fourth to Joseph to move him, you do that, move Kublik, move Branny, or someone else in order to get Pinto signed. I, I don't know. I don't know. They got to do something, Pilsy, but I almost, I feel like Joseph's the easy answer because there are guys, Igor, Roby, Ridley, ready to jump up to the NHL and make that next step. But I also do see a world where, like, could it be? I'll ask you it this way. Could it be Kubali that gets moved before ever playing game with Ottawa? Nope. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I've said this before, but I'll emphasize it again. I think people are really overestimating the Joseph trade. I don't think you need to attach a sweetener to Joseph. I think you just need to take a mid to late uh, draft pick as the return. Khalid asks, at Cal Ottawa 6, if the league says every number one center on every team goes into a draft for the season and teams can only pick one, Ottawa's second overall, who do you take given McDavid goes first overall? He mentioned Stutzel would be available. I love Timmy Superstar. He's not He's not top five yet. He's probably not top 10 yet. He's right in that. I think the NHL Network had him at 15. I like him in the 10 to 15 range anywhere, but you really have to have more of a sample size of elite talent. Like you look at last year, like is Leon Dreisaitl number two? Like it's either him, it's Barkov, it's McKinnon. Yeah, it's- I was going to, I'm taking McKinnon there. And yes, we are a sense podcast. We uh, love Timmy Stutzla, but uh, yeah, let, let's, let's be real here. Let's pump the brakes. Like I think the great debate and after this year, we can have even more. I, I even have Tage Thompson ahead of Timmy. Thompson scored 47 goals last year. He's a beast, yeah. And and he literally looks like Mario Lemieux out there. Like, the way he dangles, it's crazy. He's got one of the best mixtapes at all. And doing it at six foot seven, it's it's ridiculous. But to me, that's like the tier where it's – and that's a great tier to be in. We're talking about a 47-goal score. Yeah. But, like, to me, like, Braden Point, I think we could throw in this top tier as well. It's quietest 50-goal season that we've ever seen. Two-time cup champ. Like, I just think you got to do a bit more. But, okay, if you're taking McKinnon second – and I'm going to get roasted for this one if, if people are, are going to put their bias on. Austin Matthews, third best centerman in the league. Okay. Okay. That, that's where we're at. And Dry Saddle's right there. But Dry Saddle, you look a lot of power play uh, and a lot of playing with Connor McDavid. But he's still a huge talent. And uh, Barkov. And I'm only putting Barkov in because I'm sick of still seeing people say he's underrated. Like he makes $11 million a year. He's not underrated. He's not underpaid. He's a great player in the league and he's being treated as such. So not underrated, Sasha Barkov. Timmy's in the 10 to 12 range for me. Let's put it there. Cool. Glenn's rap. What was the very first Sens game you ever attended? His was a 4-0 win against the Habs in 2005. I believe, I don't have a Sens encyclopedia brain like you do, Ross, so I might be a little foggy in this, but my first game was in Toronto, and the uh, chicken company that I work with on my chicken farm, shout out Maple Lodge, um, they used to have a sweet there a box so i got to see sends and leafs play one one year ray emery was there i know that so that's oh, the six, time frame 708 
Yes, I think it was 06. No, no, it wasn't 06. It would have been 07 or 08. And I believe the Sens won 2 1. So that was that was pretty sweet for me. Awesome. I can't, like, I don't want this to come off the wrong way. I can't remember. My dad, was, I was lucky yeah. enough to go to a lot of games when I was very young. So I can't remember the first one. I can tell you my first heartbreak was 2003. I got the chance to be at game seven against mm. the New Jersey Devils. Ottawa ties it up late, and everyone's like, okay, we're going overtime. And then with two minutes left, I believe it was shorthanded Jeff Friesen. So that's like the era that we started going to games, uh, 2003, and that was such an amazing team. Won the President's Trophy, best team in the regular season. And, uh, yeah, so there's my first heartbreak. Really, uh, you know, keep the vibes high on that one. Uh, Joseph, we spoke about that trade, handsome Beavis. Uh, what do you think, Brady? Uh, or Sorry, Batherson, uh, Giroux playing, willing to play left wing. Love that. I'll just quickly touch on that. I don't want Batherson on left wing. I want Drew on left wing. Yeah, fair. And he's had success doing it. Type exactly. in Drew left wing on uh, on Google, and there's an article actually written that it's it like helped unlock him mm-hmm. further. Um, and it was always strange that he never played center last year when Ottawa was rolling out yeah. in their top six. So I guess he's a winger now. Yeah. Gustav, will Oscar Pettersson be NHL ready in two seasons? Ask me in a season and a half. I think that <laughs> a, a level of development left, but he just seems like he's built to be an NHL third liner. Gritty, yep. great shot. Has that separating skill. Can skate. He just needs to get stronger and more experience. We love Oscar on this show. Oh, yeah. Keeper, who will be moved to fit in Pinto under the cap? Check out last week's episode, Locked on Senders. Goalie friendly show. Is it a hot take to think Marilinen is the favorite to become the team's future number one goalie? I'm not giving up on Mad Sogard. He was obviously thrown in to a very unfortunate situation last season of having to play so many NHL games. I think the best of Mad Sogard is still three or four years away. I think you knew that when they drafted him. A raw talent, huge frame, takes some extra time to get into you know a consistent rhythm. Consistency is the key for all young goalies. I get that, but I think it's a great problem to have, and I don't yep. think either should be on the move anytime soon. They should hold, 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 because if Ottawa's learned anything from Ben mm-hmm. Bishop, from Robin Leonard, they need to hold on to their process. Oh, uh, and Joey Decord, one way deal. Let's go. Yeah, uh, I'll answer this quickly. I think it is a hot take just because I'm, I'm with Ross. I'm uh, I got a lot of faith in Mads, but it's not crazy to think that Marilyn will be a successful goalie in his career. Absolutely. Okay, last two here. Yeah, let's leave it here. What or who do you guys see as the biggest question mark going in to the upcoming season? If you're passing it off to me first, I'm going to go with Corpusallo. Uh, you guys know I've had a up-down stance on the Corpusallo signing. I made, made a positive sandwich about it. There's some good things. There's some bad things. But, man, a lot hinges on him having a successful season. So I, I'm going to say Corpusallo is the biggest question mark. But that's not to say I don't have faith. I just think let's see how this turns out. Uh, it's going to be very interesting, especially with the five-year contract in hand. I agree with that, and I think systems at five-on-five are going to be a huge contestant point. I think every time the Senators dump the puck into the offensive zone, somebody's going to tweet out that DJ Smith needs to be fired. (laughs) All teams play dump and chase to a certain extent, but what can Ottawa do to have more possession? And funny enough, I say that, like the Senators' Corsi, which is shot attempts for and against at even strength, the Senators were well above 50% last year. So I don't think that it's as big of an issue as stated. Another problem that they've had in in the last couple of years under DJ Smith is holding on to leads. Like they go up two goals and all of a sudden it just drifts. It's how do they stop the bleeding when they're up two or three goals and they give up one? 
how can they just regroup and not be able to let it snowball and become a two, three goal, you know, onslaught real quick. So that's where I'm at with uh, the biggest question mark. Pilsy's got goaltending and I have coaching systems as well. I think power play penalty kill. It's going to be gravy next year. It's going to be very good. We'll do episodes. We thought about doing it today, an episode on the power play episode on the penalty kill, but until they're under the cap, it's kind of a moot point because they yeah. could they could move any of the players that we discussed. So that'll be closer to the regular season. Pillsy, we're also going to get to our organizational value rankings pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Will that be a Tuesday, Thursday thing? Or are we going to incorporate that into today's? Or maybe a mix of, mix of both? Yeah, the plan was to incorporate it into episodes. But um, now that uh, some big personal events in our lives are, are being taken care of, Ross is officially married there. If you're watching on YouTube, he's got the bling, the wedding ring on uh, on his finger. I am still in the process of moving into my new house. So after this week, we got tons of time for bonus episodes. So similar to what we did last year, we're going to have the organizational value rankings come out as they're on their own as their own episodes you guys knew we couldn't stick to three episodes a week for very long so here we go training camp's a month away like yeah off season's just about done and credit to us for putting our major life events in the dead of the off season so that we're ready to rock and roll that's how we do it the postcast is coming back Mm -hmm. martian's ready to go the martian palooza is coming after the home opener but pilsy what were your thoughts on the weekend you have a good time Oh, man, it was an absolute blast. I mean, and uh, I've been to Winnipeg a handful of times, but uh, a lot of it was just driving through, heading out west, or or just quickly stopping in and and, uh, heading home. But this time, I was there for four days. And the thing I will say about Winnipeg that people don't give enough respect to, great food scene. Like, all the restaurants we went to, I was amazed at how good the food was. Like, the the merchant that we went to, the Korean fried chicken and all the tacos and stuff was incredible. Um, and then the pigeon, it just sounds like we went and got it from like one guy who was standing on the side of the road. The merchant that gave us. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys know the Winnipeg merchant at the market. Uh, yes, the, the merchant uh, kitchen there. And then uh, Gusto's Pizzeria, I'll give them a shout out. Uh, that was absolutely amazing too. And then obviously the food at the, the Fort Gary was great, but uh, for for a recap for me it was an absolute blast uh it was so awesome to be able to be a part of uh your wedding ross i was honored that i was in uh, the wedding party it was incredible to see your family i feel like your family is always so welcoming and we always have a good time when i'm around so i really appreciate that and it was so much fun to catch up with all of our college of sports media friends that uh, we hadn't seen them since we've been in Toronto, honestly, Ross, a lot of those guys. So it was great to catch up with all those boys. Amazing turnout. We had an absolute blast. The dance floor was buzzing. Billsy got uh, the horror on camera. Well, had you yeah. seen horror before? Like no. wedding, it, it's, it's an absolute blast. Yeah. I'm glad you threw it back to me for this. Actually. I had, I've never been a part of a Jewish wedding before. I had no idea what to expect. Uh, the, the horror was Holy crap, what a way to get a party started. I mean, the energy was through the roof, Ross. You sweat through your shirt in the first five minutes of dancing. Uh, so, yeah, that that was so much fun. I hope I can be involved in uh, more of those because that just nothing gets the party going, like lifting people on chairs and running around in circles uh, endlessly. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. I don't know if I told you this, but there's no actual time. For a horror, like there's no like set. It's not three minutes and 32 seconds yeah. like a song is. The vibes dictate how long it goes. 
and I was like, yeah, as you said, the, the, the perspiration was evident. It was, it was not perspirating Pillsy. It was me that was yeah. in the mix. Um, so yeah, we had an absolute blast. We got Martian's uh, opinion here from the, uh, the goalie friendly group and he called it the best wedding of the summer of 2020. <laughs> So if you don't think he had a good time, this guy doesn't even know what year it is. He's like, I don't care what weddings are upcoming in 2024. That was the best wedding. A zillion health drinks consumed. We had an absolute uh, blast. I'm sure there'll be photos trickling out over the next little while. You can head over Senators. We got a nice, a nice one of uh, the three of us, the postcast crew. And yeah, top to bottom. Couldn't have wished for a better weekend. Everyone else who, um, all the citizens who mentioned, uh, whether it was a tweet at me, I got some great DMs or yeah. um, or a, a note on the YouTube channel. We really uh, we really do appreciate I showed Rach some of them as well. So we had an absolute blast. And uh, yeah, really appreciate everyone's interest in it. And uh, yeah, married man now. So now I got, uh, I got old man strength, I guess that is now as we head into the season. So um, yeah. Really appreciate it, and uh, and yeah, now I can have a deep breath here if my voice has been a little off. Yeah, lots of speaking this weekend, but uh, no, couldn't wouldn't have had it any other way. And Pillsy absolutely loved it uh, that you were a part of it. So appreciate and love you, brother. And uh, yeah, any final thoughts on today's show? Because we're we're going back to back. We got another episode planned for you tomorrow. Yep, yeah, I, it was so much fun. Uh, love you too, buddy. And uh, what I will say, my final thoughts are. I knew the Ring of Honor was going to turn out this way. As soon as you got Alfie, it was like, okay, well, do we even bother doing the rest of the draft? Everybody's going to give you the Alfie boost. I did the tweet, send Central Citizens, boosting Ross on the chair because he got Alfie. I knew Martian had the worst draft of his life. Uh, Most people probably never knew all of his draft, other than Mark Stone, uh, played in Ottawa. All of his picks had their best years outside of Ottawa. The exact the exact opinion that he had in my free agent draft. He's like, Pillsy, you picked everyone that played better outside of Ottawa. And then he goes and does the same. So he deserves that 5.3%. I am still waiting on my ring of honor win. So not, uh, not great for Pillsy here, but uh, I, I hope that I will come back better and stronger than ever in our next ring of honor. And I am back to back champions as we can, uh, we can pull up the results here. Just, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Ross wants to pull up the results on this one. Holy crap. That is domination. But I mean, I get it. Alfie, bit of a cheat code, but, I think you guys underestimate how much of a fan favorite Ray Emery is in all this. For the no, Ray, it's true. six overall was it was a complete mishmash. I love Pavel Dimitri mm-hmm. rest in peace. That was egregious by by Martian not taking Ray Emery there. Agreed. Five. Yeah, Ray Emery was my next guy on the list, and when you did, when you started your description, I was heartbroken. So yes, you you did. I'll I'll. I'll calm it down a little. You did have a good draft. Yes, I did. I did. And you can go see the full list on Twitter at Sensecentric and watch the video on YouTube. And it's also available wherever you get your podcast. For I, I checked in and don't ask me why. Actually, do ask me why. I get an email once a week from Chartable yes. uh, saying where we're at. And uh, I took a, a quiet moment at the wedding and I looked and, and the first email came in. Took a peek. We're the eighth, uh, eighth highest ranked podcast in Canada among hockey podcasts. And I was like, Oh, wow. I feel like we haven't put an episode out in forever, but Scott Wheeler joining us last week. We put that out on Friday. Just a a great offseason so far. Numbers are ridiculous. We're going to have, hey, that just fuels us even more to go big, go better. And uh, yeah, lots, 
lots play. Hey, we just got a comment right now. Love you, Martian. But when Ross picked Razor, I had to vote for him. The draft was not over after round one, but we'll have lots of time to get contentious about that next week when we have Martian back on for another ring of honor. For today, we say goodbye, though. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. <laughs>